This is 15 Minutes of Freedom. I'm your host, Ryan Nidell, and today is part one of three of lessons from consulting. Today, I'm going to share with you the very first most impactful thing that I see during my consulting engagements with companies across the country. How you can apply it to your life and your business and how easy it is to make an impactful shift to put a couple more dollars in the bottom line. So whether you are a coach, a mentor, a consultant, whether you work for someone or own your own business, this first lesson will 100% apply to you. Little backstory, I want to make sure that we're on the same page here. I've been incredibly fortunate over my life to have made a bunch of different mistakes. And I share that with you because I believe that the lessons that stick to us the most are the ones that are the most painful. Right? I mean, how often do you yourself remember a lesson that didn't come with, you know, a, a bruised eye or a battered knee? I might be a slow learner, but unless there's a pain point associated with it, those lessons just don't stick to me the same. And I've had the distinct privilege and honor of being a part of a, a plethora of different companies. Some in a sales role, some in a management role, some in an ownership role. And the quick version, right? I was fortunate in my in my early and mid twenties to run automotive dealerships, right? Sales into assistant sales manager, into used car manager, into general sales manager, in a really short period of time. And that got me super acclimated with sales, and also really finance, because how a dealership looks at what we call doc reports and the weekly meetings and understanding cash flow and pieces and parts that was ingrained into my head from the owners of those businesses. It was something that we were always paying attention to. Now, admittedly, that was when I was at the least efficient time in my life from an emotional intelligence standpoint, when my egoic childlike self was most present and I was doing everything I could to prove to myself my worth, which included not caring what anybody else said, driving expensive cars I had no business driving, and really not listening to anybody other than me. Fast forward a few years and started a hosting company, a web hosting company that was affiliate based in its nature. It was a startup at that point, so I got a whole new appreciation for the digital space, for the growing pains that a smaller corporation goes through, merchant processing, personnel, customer service, all types of different things. And as I grew in that position, I eventually got to take over as president and CEO and learned a whole nother litany of lessons. Dealing with international business, handling international teams, managing as many as 250 people, some of which, or maybe all of which, I don't know how efficiently and effectively I really did it, but got familiar with, at that point, more efficient meeting schedules to keep everybody rowing the boat in the same direction. I got more efficient at empowering team members to make decisions in alignment with the goals that existed for a company. 
And a lot of that, again, at that moment in life was based out of necessity because my eye wasn't really on the ball, right? I was managing multiple different girlfriends. I was doing a whole bunch of things that were just not of the moral fiber that I am today, but they existed until there were lessons that I learned. Then I started a merchant processing business and it goes belly up, flat on its face. Over an 18 month period, lost basically everything I owned. And that taught me a lot of lessons about how to really, really look at uh, financial documents, how to really plan out cash flow, management of variables inside of a business. And it taught me that because I wasn't successful at it, because I failed at it. And fast forward a little bit more, right? We get into custom clothing, where now I'm managing time in transit. I'm managing, again, multi-part cash flow. I'm managing, managing international commerce in some capacity, right? being partners with a wool manufacturing company. I'm understanding inventory, inventory turn rate, right? shrinkage, loss, all types of new things that I hadn't paid attention to before. Then fast forward a little bit more into the CBD company. And not only juggling all the things of inventory and cash flow and merchant processing and affiliates and internal and external team members, like the, all these pieces go together and all the lessons that I have learned have had a certain amount of pain associated with them. I share all that to paint the picture as to this little component of my life that ends up being really one of my favorite pieces and parts, which is the in-depth, hands-dirty, roll-up-the-sleeves consulting. And I've been fortunate to have you know, a handful of organizations trust me enough to allow me into their ecosystem to offer them advice is such a unique term, but more outside perspective. And those typically start by using the life optimization test, peeling back some of those layers of how people's subconscious and psyche works, understanding why there's breakdowns across different departments, and then creating workflows that maximize where people are currently at while sharing with either ownership or upper management how to get the most out of the employees that are part of the organization. And that leads me into this very first lesson that's going to change your life. And that lesson is based around communication. You see, the, the company I had the privilege of spending the last three days with, it's about 40 employees, an incredible culture, like brilliant culture. Everybody loves each other. They've been around for seven, eight, nine years. The company has grown through blood, sweat, and tears and really has some phenomenal owners and operators leading the ship. And when I came into the organization the very first time, which would have been, gosh, three or four, about three months ago, 12 weeks, 11 weeks, one of the things that the owners were most prideful of was the level of communication the company had in their estimation. And so I sit down with the employees and management team, one-to-one, -one, 
going through their life optimization tests, spending time getting to know them as people, not coming in assuming I have some magic wand, just really trying to understand who they were. And one of the underlying currents that kept existing was, I don't feel like I know what's going on across the company. And so I'm, I'm taking notes, right? Like, No different than I'm sure you would. This is a new environment with new people that I don't really know. I know the owners very well. And so I'm taking notes over and over again. And I get to share those notes with the owners, right? Because we're this isn't just looking at an area of opportunity. It's understanding there is one. It's then coming up with potential plans that can increase the production of the business and then helping map out and begin to execute those plans all while I'm there. And so I share at the end of the first day, guys, there's some surprising stuff that's happened. While you're most prideful of your level of communication, one of the things I'm hearing over and over again is there's lack of intercompany communication. And it's shocking to the owners, no different than it might be shocking to you. I mean, imagine inside of your company, inside of what you do for a living, imagine if the thing that you were most prideful of, someone came to you and said, yeah, you know, I love you to death for, but it's not really the facts. The facts that are presenting themselves from everyone around you is them saying, yeah, that's just not quite how it feels. And so we strategize on something that might work. And, and I'm a big believer in a scrum methodology of project management and company communication. And at this moment in time inside this organization, while the owners do a great job of communicating one-to-one with various department heads, they had never ran a scrum meeting before. And if you're unfamiliar with scrum, I encourage you to look it up, do a little bit of research. It's just one of the tools that I believe work. Scrum is S-C-R-U-M. And so we come up with a plan. Look, that we're going to sit down as a company on a Wednesday, and we're going to run through a scrum meeting the way that I have ran them before. And right, this was a necessity of my life during my hosting days. There were too many departments. There were too many projects. There were too many ideas. There was too much movement and volatility not to have this meeting. And I remember the error in my ways back during those days because I wasn't focused in the meetings, right? At that point, as president and CEO, I might have been on my phone, right? I might have been halfway paying attention. I might have been actively involved or passively involved. But I wasn't operating as that higher sense of self. And so I know what to look for. So I, I help in the first meeting. And it runs long, right? Let's be honest with each other. After 30, 45 minutes, you and I both don't want to sit in a chair, listen to a meeting. And so I think any meeting that ever runs more than 45 minutes is just not efficient. There should be a break. If you're covering something deeper, you break it that 45 minutes, take 10, 15 minutes, recalibrate, drink some water, go for a walk, use the restroom, and come back in bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and go at it again. And so we do that. Right? That's the first meeting. And you can see a little bit of a shift, right? Because there's an accounting department that doesn't know what a production department's doing, that doesn't know what a marketing department's doing, that doesn't quite know what a sales department's doing. And all of a sudden, through efficient and effective communication, P 
people start to understand how the inner workings of the company all might fit together. And I say might because it would be inappropriate for me after a whopping 72 hours to say this is the way the company should communicate. It's just a potential way. And so over the past 11 weeks, I'm still in consistent communication with the owners of the company. Two men that I consider dear friends, incredible leaders, brilliant individuals. And we find that right as, as I sat there and they invited me to come back the very first time I was there. And we looked at the calendar and I said, okay, statistically, right, if we, if we look at how just the human, the human psyche works, this is going to break down at week 10, maybe week 11. And so I originally had plans to fly back out a week prior to right now. But with ownership traveling and meetings that had to go on, we decided to push it back a week. Well, wouldn't you know that during the time in which I was supposed to be there, the wheels fell off. And not in a catastrophic way, but in a breakdown of communication that now put department heads almost pitted against each other. And that's not me being some sort of oracle. It's just the way that the world works. And so it gives us an opportunity to sit down as I'm there this last time and look, okay, why did that happen? Well, of course, you look at a calendar. If their meetings are on Wednesday, one Wednesday was Christmas. The next Wednesday was New Year's. So we're two weeks in a row in which the scheduled meeting didn't happen. And so what happens during that time is we lose the efficient and effective communication across departments. I call it the right hand and the left hand aren't speaking. And so it goes without saying that, of course, there's going to be some issues. And these issues, the, the owner stepped right in rapidly, got involved, figured out where the, the breakdowns in the communications were, and put forth a plan in place to recalibrate the vision. And so as I'm back out there this last time, right, just, just Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday of this very week, I'm recording this on a Thursday. And I'm meeting with all the employees once again, right, the management team, not in a disrespectful way. I said, what's going on since last time? It's like, man, communication feels so much better. We're starting to understand what everybody's doing. And everybody now acknowledges there's this little breakdown that happened between Christmas and New Year, and they're realizing that was the catalyst for the lack of understanding that existed into the first part of the year. And so it's refreshing to see, gosh, 8, 10, 12 various individuals all coming to me one-to-one, realizing that it's more than just communication. Right, you can say that you're a great communicator, and I believe you when you say it out loud, just as you believe it. But the ultimate question and the lesson that I've learned is there's a difference between difference between communication and efficient and effective communication. You see, as me, as an owner of a company, if I share with sales that there's a new strategy that we have developed to increase sales by 10%, and they're excited and they implement it, but I don't tell production or the warehouse 
to expect a ramp up in volume. And if I don't turn around and tell accounting to expect more invoices and more cash in transit and more variables to watch, and then if I don't circle all the way around back to the project management team and let them know, look, we're going to need a little bit of help putting together some components, then while I did a good job of communicating, I didn't do a great job of being an efficient and effective communicator across the company. And that's not only applicable for you if you're listening and you're not an employee. Right? Maybe, you're, maybe you're retired. Maybe you're a stay-at-home mom. Maybe you don't know how this applies to you. I want to share with you how I believe it applies to everyone's life, and that's inside your home or with your friends. Right? I, I find myself being guilty of this still, where I'll have an idea, I'll share it inside the company here, and really when I say inside the company, right, with a handful of guys that support me, and I share this plan, and this plan might require me to travel, actually it does, right, I get the another distinct privilege and honor of going down to South Florida next week to, to speak in front of someone I'll call a friend now, Vince Del Monte's mastermind group. Right? Maybe it's 100 powerful individuals that are interested in learning my organic traffic growth strategy for coaches, mentors, and consultants. So I get to fly down. I haven't yet shared this with the internal team here, and there's some things I need from them. I told Lindsay, my wife, but haven't communicated the dates, the times, how it's all going to go. And if I don't bring all the pieces together today, someone's going to feel left out. Someone's going to have to scramble. Right now I have my daughter's talent show next Friday that I'm going to have to miss or that I'm choosing to miss. So I have to have a conversation with her and make sure she's okay with it. Right? There's pieces and parts of efficient and effective communication so that no one feels left out. So that there's input from the valuable team members so that we're all on the same page. And so that's how I know it applies to your life. Maybe you're not married. Maybe you're not in a relationship, but you have friends. You have family members. You have people that you think understand and know what you're going to do, but thinking and knowing are two separate things. And none of this in this communication am I encouraging you to seek permission. Please don't misunderstand this. I'm looking for you to be your own mini project manager, right? Think of the decision you're making and how many different people it can affect. How many of those people that it can affect do you feel like you should honor to share with prior to making the decision? Maybe it's for seeking counsel or maybe it's just for informing them, but either way, how does that look to get you the desired outcome? Think about that the next time you're in the process of running and gunning and making decisions on the fly. It's who else comes into play. How else can we find success? Because it's not just communication that's going to drive you forward. It's not just communication where you will find success. It is efficient and effective communication 
on a consistent basis that keeps everybody in the necessary loop to drive each other forward. I'm Ryan Nidell, wishing you truly unlimited success.